Ladies and gentlemen, all rise and welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. Court is back in session. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is a man who, when he is exposed to natural sunlight, his plasticky skin turns turquoise. Mr. Drew Celestino. It's a disguise, you see. see yeah, because <laughs> I can't recognize you once you've turned turquoise. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, ironically enough, the Devil's Due published uh, G.I. Joe series. Devil's Due Publishing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they continued the Marvel series. Um, well, not exactly. They did a G.I. Joe run uh, in the early 2000s that, in my opinion, uh, was dynamite. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I and it was a couple of kind of a um, continuation of the Marvel series, but also acknowledged the cartoon yeah. and the toys. And it was like a, like a pop cultural memory sequel yeah. to G.I. Mm-hmm. Joe. And in it, uh, ty- you know, the Joes were disbanded at the end of issue 155. And yeah. this was like the revival X amount of years down the road. And in that time, Zartan... It was revealed uh, was like had a debilitating skin condition, not, so like, uh, from his shape shifting abilities or whatever, or his color changing or whatever it was. So uh, he was in really bad shape, and they had to find a cure for him. And it was a cool little story arc. And he had a daughter, and it was it was neat. Was, and was, she she too was a dreadnought. Was he turquoise? Was that? Uh, yes, skin? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, yeah, fun fact. Here we are back again, folks. Opening statements, sir. I kind of know how this is going to go. How was your week? Well, that was great. It's great. Um, let's see. Before we get to the exciting stuff, I should point out that I watched a bunch of uh, stuff on television this week. So I finished Glow Season 2. It's okay. Um, yeah, it was all right. It's good. I'm, I'm entertained by the show. That's really all I needed to be. I Like we said on the show last week, I like the fact that it's nice little 20-minute chunks that I can just kind of... Yep you know crush quickly yes um that lends itself to binge watching far more than something like jessica jones for instance (laughs) uh or iron fist for that matter but that won't be a problem anymore which we'll get to um yes so uh that was good i also watched um that feature length documentary on the masters of the universe yes what'd you think of it um Power, the Power of Grayskull, I believe it's called. Yeah, it was like a supersized episode of The Toys That Made Us. Yeah. Um, a lot of the same guys that were there in the beginning. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't quite tackle some of the early controversy the way The Toys That Made Us did, like who takes credit for what, because yeah. Toys That Made Us kind of got into some of that, and there were guys that were beefing over who yeah. was claiming credit, but that's okay. Because, you know, you got deep dives on uh, designs and, and how they got to the concept and, you know, neat stuff like that. And the thing that warmed my heart the most, though, was uh, seeing Frank Langella uh, talk about his time as Skeletor. Glowingly talk Right. About. I like that. That was uh, that yeah. was cool because, you know, I'm, it's an easy – because the movie bombed and, you yeah. know, and it wasn't quite what kids kind of wanted great. it to be. Yeah. But he was great in it and he really owned it. And, like, it was great to see him talk about it and say, like, how much it meant to him and how much he put into it and how much he really tried to make yeah. it. Great. It's it's easily in my it might be number one if I had to make a list of top five amazing performances in horrible films. Yeah, it might be my number one. He alone makes the movie almost worth watching. Yeah, just mm-hmm. for just for his scenes because he's 
He's excellent yeah. in that movie. I think number two might be Christopher Reeve and Superman 4. Superman 4 in general. Yeah, you're going to need something redeeming in that yeah. film. Um, anyway, so that was cool. I watched that stuff before uh, before the weekend hit, and that was uh, that was cool. Got some content buried. Um, so that kind of... Let me try to think of anything crucial happened after that no that's pretty much it uh so then that brings me to the weekend which was excellent so uh friday evening um i flew out to new york city and um arrived kind of you know, kind of late kind of about 10 p.m got a car by the time i was at my buddy's place it was like after 11 11 30 so um Saturday, uh, I gave my sister-in-law a whirlwind one-day tour of uh, New York City <laughs> as best as I possibly could. Yeah. Saw as much as we could in, in that amount of time, which mainly consisted of, like, Battery Park, um, the Financial District. Yep. Um, Times Square. Uh, we did, actually did not go to Times Square. Oh, okay. Tried to avoid it, actually, because it was just like, you know, this is kind of a circus. I don't know if I want to throw you into that deep water right now. Mm. So we kind of walked around the Lower East Side a bit. Um, we got to see, I took her to see the uh, the Ghostbusters Firehouse, which is, you know, obviously still there. And, yeah. You know, awesome that they acknowledge it with the painted mural on the on the grounds yep. in front of it. Um, still a functioning firehouse. Sure right? is. Yep. yep. Um, let's see what else we do. We walked around, uh, walked around, I walk, marched her all over. Uh, saw Grand Central Station, obviously, which is, yeah. you know, that's a highlight. Um, the, the library. Again, from Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, if you've ever been in there. I've been there. Yeah, the inside I've is... been there. I've had my picture taken running down the stairs. Okay. I saw people taking pictures at the top of the stairs like they were like in Rocky. And I was just thinking, are you in Philadelphia? No, you're not. No. So, it's yeah, it was weird. Um, that library, though, was a sleeper uh, sleeper, sleeper trip to New York that no one really might not... You might miss it if you don't think to go there. The yeah. inside is amazing. The murals and the and and the the, the the woodwork and everything and the construction of that building is just, is, yeah. is mind blowing. So that was cool. Uh, took her to St. Patrick's Cathedral because that's also you know super cool mm-hmm. to see. Uh, no matter what your faith might be, just as an architectural feat and a stunning, stunning, stunningly beautiful church. So do recommend checking that out. Um, and also, uh, obviously, I had to go to the Nintendo World Store. And the Nintendo World Store was excellent, as what? it always is. Although, I must say, I was a little upset. Okay. Because at the Nintendo World Store, they have the upstairs portion, which there's a solid, let's call it third of the of the upstairs is reserved for museum-esque yeah. displays. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, not, not, not to this time. It, it's a rotating thing so you know Mm -hmm. it it changes but this time it changed to um a display of nintendo labo stuff and then they had a great big luigi's mansion standy thing you could stand in front of and take your picture with so yeah yeah, but but then so so the museum air quoting portion was a uh probably about a good seven foot tall by five foot wide ballpark glass case um, front and back, two-sided, okay. in the middle of the floor that just had one of each Nintendo console going back to the old 70s stuff and the Game & Watch and everything, yeah. all the way up to and including the Switch. That's fine, 
but that's not yeah, exactly that's, the featured stuff that's I not come the for. Deep cut stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've been there when they've had like Metroid featured. That whole third I'm talking about yeah. was all Metroid stuff. Yeah, and then like all Zelda stuff. I the, believe that that was last, more exciting. The last time I was there, I think the exhibit was the evolution of the Game Boy. Cool. Yeah, that's a story so. unto itself. So anyway, that was a uh, slightly disappointing, but I did manage to find uh, the only uh, the only infant clothing in the whole store, <laughs> which is saying something because there's a lot of clothing in that store. Yeah, if you gave me just a free for all blank check, I could come out with a full wardrobe of, of stuff. <laughs> um, you know, but I did find the only infant clothing they had. And I got I got uh, Grant a little uh, Mario onesie with a little Mario hat. Nice. So that's exciting. Then <clears throat> on uh, Saturday, the reason for the trip was uh, I went to see Nine Inch Nails at Radio City Music Hall. Um, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Cool. Pretty awesome. Uh, incredible performance. The venue was gorgeous, as you might imagine. Well, it's Radio City Music Hall. Yeah, the sound was excellent. Well, and Radio City <laughs> Music Hall. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we had a great time. It turns out my cousin was also going to the show, um, so we met up um, in the lobby. Um, and then after the show, we weren't, weren't sitting together, but after the show, we all went out to uh, Duff's Alcohol Abuse Center. Um, it's a bar in Brooklyn. It's a heavy metal bar, okay. which is super, super awesome. It might be my favorite bar ever, actually. All right. So floor-to-ceiling uh, heavy metal posters and signed photos and set lists and drum heads and just guitars behind the bar signed by machine head and Megadeth and they have actually you know what right next to the bar behind glass is one of peter Steele from typo negatives uh bass guitars he died in 2010 so it's a very cool mm. you know thing that is in this place um so just a super awesome bar it's kind of like heavy metal pink so the lighting is the same it's <laughs> very red inside sure. but uh just Really, really cool. And so this time, I'm not sure if I, did I bring it up on the show before. I think I have. My new Japan hoodie is a point of conversation quite often. Often. Okay. Well, no one asked me this time if I wrestled for New Japan, but no fewer than four people uh, in the bar, and they were not together, mind you. Yeah. All gave me the two sweet and proceeded to talk to me about wrestling and New Japan. Nice. And if I was going to be in town for X show or Y show, when I was like, not going to be for that, not for that, not for that, but I'll be back here in the spring for the uh, uh, New Japan show uh, at MSG. So maybe I'll see these guys again, but the point Who is knows? New Japan brings people together. <laughs> yes, That's it the does. Point. In a way that I can't quite quantify, but I've, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. <laughs> Wrestling is magic. So anyway, uh, that Sunday we flew we flew back home fairly early, and I was home, uh, you know, by by the mid afternoon, and just kind of hung. I was home just in time for peak Nathan Peterman. I didn't watch the games. So. Oh, magnificent! Just, <laughs> just, mwah, chef's kiss, not, Nathan Peterman. I'm not really watching football this year. I just, I you're missing some good stuff. I've, I've, I, I, I don't care. It's it's been fun. Last night was a good uh, little little contest for the the the, uh, the Packers and the uh, uh, the Niners. Aaron Rodgers is inhuman. Just put that out there. He's a master of his craft. Yeah. Oh my god, that guy's unreal. But back to Nathan Peterman. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
apparently I caught, you know, he, he, uh, he had come into the game at some point when I, before I got home. I got home and sat down and looked at the score. I'm like, oh, the Bills are winning this game. <laughs> Peterman's playing quarterback. <laughs> wait, wait for it. Peterman got them points. Wait oh, my God. It. And then, like, like, like you knew was going to happen, but you were too scared to say it, but you, but you knew. Peterman with an absolute garbage throw that he never should have made that got returned to a touchdown to uh, seal the deal for, or well, to, first to tie the game back for Houston. And then Houston marched again uh, to go ahead. And then Peterman with another crucially yep. inept interception to ice the game for Houston. Oh, it was just magical. First, we had Fitzmagic. Now we've got. Peterman power. Peterman. Nathan Peterman. I'd rather we have Jay Peterman from from Seinfeld playing quarterback. (laughs) I think that would be better. But anyway. um, My my friend Jim's uh, favorite team is the Kansas City Chiefs, and I see they have a bit of a stumble. I saw like a lot of stuff like, who who are you going to take, Mahomes or Tom Brady? I'm like, Tom Brady. No, not anymore. Because... As long as he still has a pulse and medium to higher brain function, I'm taking Tom Brady. Uh, you're He's, not looking for the future, sir, and I would be – I'm all in on Mahomes at this point. That kid is fire. Oh, my God. And the Bills could have had him, but they didn't draft him. Yeah. They didn't want to draft him because of the Buffalo Bills. Anyway, um, that kind of brings us to the here and the now. So, yeah. Hi. Hi. What's up? How you doing? Good. Um, fairly not a lot going on. Uh, Friday night, obviously, we didn't have game night, so I got to go with my friend Reese, and we played a, a couple of games of X Wing. And uh, earlier, I think it was not this past weekend, but the weekend before that was the first major X Wing tournament uh, since X Wing Two Point came out. All right. And when a lot of the when a lot of the articles and whatnot and the previews were coming out for X Wing two point there's a there's one ship for the Imperials called the the Tie Punisher. Mm-hmm. I've I've shown it to you. It's the one that kind of looks like a Tie bomber on crack. <laughs> yeah, it's got the four right um, right 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 artillery pods. It's uh, just a one, um, and it was not a good ship in the last edition of the game. It just didn't. It wasn't good. And I looked at, like, what it could do in this edition of the game and looked at, like, the two name pilots and what their skills are. I'm like, guys, these these things are going to be really good. <laughs> and, like, any time a, a conversation was happening and the Imperial Faction for 2.0 is being brought, I'm like, Punishers are going to be really good. So in, in this version, you might say they've been buffed? Yes. Okay. Yes, majorly buffed. Um and sure enough, there was a crap ton of Punisher lists at the uh, the tournament. It was called the Coruscant Invitational. So you weren't exactly ahead of the curve here. Everyone else got the win, too. Well, I mean, I was kind of saying it before it was confirmed. Did you did you roll with one? Oh, no. This this is an Invitational tournament. Oh. You have to earn your way into it. And you and it's invited. In, it's in the Fantasy Flight Game Center in Minnesota. Oh, so, God. Okay, yeah. never mind. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, and uh, Punisher List actually won the tournament. So, I was like, told you. <laughs> They're really good. 
So now, that was now they're really good. Yeah, now yeah. they're really good. Um, so yeah, I got a couple games of X Wing with my friend Reese uh, Saturday. Something was going on Saturday. Julie had a Julie went to a slow roll. I stayed home with William because now we're kind of in the time of the year where riding around with a two year old on the back of a bike is not the best idea given the weather. Mm. Um, she did that. I stayed home with him. And then I can't remember what we did Saturday afternoon. I'm blanking. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I should have taken notes. I normally do. Free content. Yeah. Sunday, a bunch of us in the X-Wing community went up to the new place that opened up, Iron Buffalo, and got some games in there. I had a really good time. Um, talked to the owner of Iron Buffalo more, and don't don't be surprised to be hearing more about that place, particularly on the show or potentially... Uh, live episodes right. of the show from said location. It's a really cool place. Fun. Uh, William, the owner, is a really cool guy and just really passionate and eager to build a place and be very welcoming. It's a it's a prime example, and I think I think we're going to do a show about this relatively soon. It's a prime example of the new breed of comic book shops hmm. that are coming around as the the old guard. The old style of comic book shop is kind of fading away. And you know what, Drew? If you were to, to ask me like seven or eight years ago, I might have said something different. But I'm, listen, I'm 40 years old. You're not too far off from that age either. Um, we both have grown up in the old style of comic book shops. I'm, I'm okay with them going away. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the new breed that we're seeing pop up uh, Iron Buffalo, Pulp Seven One Six. Um, it all depends on what's replacing it. That's that's all. So yeah, it's I'm I'm kind of okay with this new breed, but that's definitely going to be a topic for a future show. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, I think that was pretty much it. All right. Yeah, not 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 a ton going on. I'm not gonna lie, work is sucking a lot of the life out of me. We can do that. I really don't like my new job. Oh. Um, the environment's very toxic and the employer's terrible. I really got sold a bill of goods and I bought it hook, line, and sinker. How am I gonna give this? <sighs> Trust me, I'm looking. Okay. Yeah. Um sorry, right. that was my Let's hope week's. he doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> If he does, I don't care. Wow. He, All right. He, he doesn't, but, you know, I wouldn't care. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and there's that. Yeah. So, dear listeners, if you'd like to tell us about your weeks. And your employment status. Your employment status. <laughs> or if you're hiring. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Follow us at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. Toss our page a like. You can email us at the devil's due pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the devil's due podcast.com. Drew, as I'm checking, we don't have any emails this week. What? 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 Yeah, what? yeah that's what fine. What is this crap? That's, that's Yeah, sometimes the people don't want to talk to us. That's fine. We're content to talk ourselves. I mean, two people want to talk to us. <laughs> Normally, normally. I, I, I guess not. But we should not. We should not take them for granted. No, I don't. And so they're that tense my 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 <laughs> outrage almost here. 
We did get a comment on the Facebook page today from a listener by the name of Chris Johnson. Yes, we did. Um, we're going to address that comment in our news. Mm-hmm. Which is which, coming apparently which, which is kind of... <laughs> so let's kinda, table that to now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cut, cut to now, since we have no, you know, emails. Uh-huh. Questions. Uh, let's get to the news. All right. So I've got three stories in case you have anything else. Okay. So the first one, uh, drew, uh, the iron fist is not so immortal anymore. No, he's very mortal. He's very mortal and very canceled. Yes. Yes, he is in a surprising and yet at the same time, not, Moved by Netflix, they announced earlier this week that Iron Fist is in fact canceled, will not receive a third season. Where? Can, all right, let me ask this. I have not finished season two, if that's what you're going to ask. I have not either. Okay. Can we sit back and definitively say this is Marvel Marvel Studios' first legitimate failure? Um, no, because I'm raising my hand right now and I'm yeah, looking at you, you and I'm you saying, in the front row. Hi. Um, I'm the Inhumans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how did I... For- well, I know how I forgot Inhumans. Yeah. <laughs> it's- We'd all like to yeah, forget yeah, the Inhumans, yeah. okay. Carl. All right. So, no. This would be their, their second. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's hard. It- I'm, I'm a little hesitant to call it a failure right now because the character is still in that realm they're saying he's gonna be around yeah they're saying like you know the show's done but the character is not yeah so here's hoping fingers crossed that we just get a heroes for hire show the door is certainly open and any like i said that episode when he showed up on luke cage um i was very happy with yeah they they have a great dynamic they work well together their banter and defenders was great and their banter in the episode of luke cage was great so you know hey more of that and obviously um if you want to go all in with Misty and, and Colleen as well and give us some Daughters of the Dragon, they, all right, we're, this is all working for me. Just combine the two shows into one, maybe, kind of, or something. T- Tales from the Hell's Kitchen or something? Just call it Heroes for Hire, and you, just, you got all four of them. I mean, it's, those four characters, to be honest, yeah. in the comics are often all together in one oh, book. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a natural fit. Um, now, you know, I mean, it's it's... I don't like you know I don't like hearing bad news about Marvel, but at the same time, dude, the show stuck. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sorry, but the show was not good. It wasn't great. And I, you know, the season two stuff, I have not finished. Uh, I I spoiled myself. I read I read about how it ends. Interesting. Okay. Could have been something, but and it it clearly also indicates that Marvel heard the criticism of season one and kind of figured out a way to fix it which i which i gathered from the first couple episodes of it anyway yeah more action heavy um i'm assuming he's not still in the legitimate suit because i think we would have seen pictures of that um probably not um i haven't gotten that far but that's really not what i was uh that's 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 not the spoiler we're looking for yeah so something else pretty significant happens <laughs> so um getting to 
uh, Chris's comment. He said, hey, guys, I'm really loving your podcast. I'm only 16 episodes in, but I'm trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could help us Marvel Netflix fans out. There's a petition going there's a petition going around to bring back Iron Fist. I'm not sure how you guys felt about the series. Again, I'm not caught up yet with the podcast. If you feel like it's worthy, maybe you could spread this a little bit. I'd really appreciate it. Well, he, he, yeah, about well, that. About this Iron Fist petition. He, he clearly hasn't gotten to the episodes where we just rail against fan petitions in general. I mean, hey, look, I, I'm all for... Eh, I, I don't want to get too deep into petitions and whatnot, seeing as I, I am someone who led a very famous one. But fight the good fight. You, you, know, you do what you want to do. Um, just don't expect it to change anything. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, but be heard. If you want to save the show, by all means, go for it. Um, again, it's not a matter of like... It's, it's not a matter of it's not possible for that show to be improved because they kind of did improve it. And there's a lot of fertile ground there to make it something really cool. But it seems like they didn't want to do that. And I don't know why. And could be budget, could be scope, could be tone. I don't know. But, you know, maybe if they did find a way to bring it back, they could they could do those things in season three. But I just, I'm going to warn you, it's probably not yeah. going to happen. Then again, Netflix has been convinced in the past to bring shows back by fans. I just don't know how many fans are really that passionate about Iron Fist. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to say. The show just really never did what the other Marvel shows did. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bummer. That is a bummer. But th- it does introduce a lot of interesting uh, questions, though, about Netflix and Disney and the agreement and all of that, though. Like, where does... Well, I mean, if if Netflix is saying that He's still going to be around in our series. I'm, I'm, I'm still convinced that Disney's just like you guys can hold on to those because I don't, I don't see Disney really putting that stuff on their streaming service. I, and you might be right. I mean, there, I've, I've heard some rumors about the streaming service, and it it mm, it might be limited to the PG thirteen fair, yeah, the family stuff. Well, let's air quote family, but there's going to be a hard cap on what they're going to allow on that streaming service. And for everything else that, and Disney owns adult, more adult fare. Yeah. But I think um, you're going to see that stuff on Hulu and you're going to see that stuff on Netflix and they're going to be, the the Disney core thing is going to be very Disney. Yeah. (laughs) So, but it is interesting because like, you know, we wonder how long these Netflix shows are going to last. Like how, if what's to stop so does that mean we're going to get Daredevil seasons until Netflix decides they don't want it anymore? I mean, I guess possibly. so. Okay, fine. I mean, because with with the with the Disney streaming service, it was kind of a sort of a specter hanging around. Like, okay, how much how much longer do we get to spend with these characters on yeah. these shows? We don't. I, it was unclear to me. But yeah. with them with Netflix axing one, while the others continue. I guess it kind of tells me Netflix can just keep optioning them and okay. So, yeah, I mean, what kind of set Iron Fist apart is that you really never heard from the audience of Iron Fist 
when the show was put out there. Like when Daredevil was released, you heard like people loving it and everything. The same with Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. You never really heard that with Iron Fist. It just kind of got panned from the beginning. Well, he's a more obscure character, so there's going to be less fans that are going to be out there to have an opinion, number one. Number two, they just did a bad job. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, you know, if you couldn't I sell him. I don't think the, the whole he's an obscure character thing for any character argument really carries a lot of water now because my counter is simply Guardians of the Galaxy. No, but you, you said like, the you know, a fan outcry or a fan reaction. Yeah. There, there really wasn't much because the fan base for him is very niche. You know? Yeah, like you, this show needed to create yes, its right. own fan base, and it, it just didn't do that. Correct, correct. So, yeah, all right. Uh, fairly well. Pour one Iron out Fist. for Iron Fist. Pour one out for I'm Danny Rand. Yeah, yeah. I blame the Meachams. I really do. <laughs> I really do. Well, we'll see him back. I, I don't want to. <laughs> I meant Iron Fist. Oh, not. okay. Just no more Meachams, please. <laughs> please, no more. Okay, so um, something we kind of talked about last week got officially confirmed this week. James Gunn has been hired to write Suicide Squad 2. So far, just writing Drew. I'm calling it right now. He will end up directing this film. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I'm okay with it. It's fine. You tell me you're not going to want to go see a James Gunn Suicide Squad movie. Who? Show me who's in it and what, yeah, I mean... Show me the trailer and show me who's in it. He's got a track record. I would have more faith in him doing a movie than what they crapped out the first time. Put it yeah. that way. I mean, I, I'm i pretty sure he's probably going to kind of start over fresh. Right off the bat, I'm going to say I'm not being like grungy old fanboy about this. I just I don't want Harley Quinn in it. I'm not saying I do or don't. I'm just thinking how plausible is it that she definitely is in the movie because Harley Quinn. Is and I this, didn't this like. Thing. I've seen Suicide Squad. I didn't. I didn't mind Margot Robbie's performance of Harley Quinn. Obviously, I wasn't crazy about the aesthetic of the character. Right. Um, but like I said, that movie. There's a lot of good characters in that movie. They just happen to be in a terrible movie. Sounds like a DC film. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's see what he does. I don't. I don't know. Um, I have to assume he's going to try and like reboot it his his way. So yeah. I does Deadshot come back? Does I don't I don't know. Does he just Will Smith was a pretty cool Deadshot? Does shot. he wipe the slate? And just go. I want I want my people, my characters. I'm picking the roster. It's my story. Yada yada. And how much clout would he have to do that? Probably a lot, I would imagine. Yeah, at this point, he's probably like, you know, I mean, bring bring back Amanda Waller. She was really good in the film. You know, bring back the the characters. Like, okay, if you're gonna if you're gonna bring back Will Smith as Deadshot, if you must bring back, you know, Harley Quinn, and then just new characters from right out the bat. All right. Oh, I, I forgot something. We're kind of going to stay in the same wheelhouse. Okay. So, Drew, I'm not sure if you ever read the comic series, but apparently CBS is developing a Secret Six series. Another DC series, yes. huh? Okay. Because... I have not read this. Genre television works so well on networks. We have so much proven 
Oh, wait. No, we haven't. Well, I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s been on for a while. That's because Disney owns ABC. Fair enough. Supergirl started on CBS, got one season, it was axed, went, axed, went over to CW and thrives. I hate to point at it as an example of, you know, success, but uh, Go- Gotham is still on. Fox. It's a network. Yeah, is it though? Yeah, it's a network. They have affiliates. But they, we're talking about the network that started out like doing The Simpsons. So they, Fox is kind of like a more prestigious CW. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, you're not, you're not C- wrong. This is what Fox is. Fox is CW with football. I, I, I guess so. Yeah. Sure. And The Simpsons. I mean, I guess there is, they're a little more contemporary than the networks. That's yeah, your point. They've got a they've definitely got a younger audience. Like I don't I don't get this because you've shown that you're not willing to support genre television unless it's getting you huge numbers. Right. Which unless you're HBO, genre television is not getting you those huge numbers. Um, like CW is perfectly fine with the numbers that their DC shows bring in. I mean, obviously they're not the highest rated shows on television, but they bring in enough to justify their existence because CW has that expectation. You're taking, you're getting an obscure title and like, once again, we've got something, you know, are they going to put Bane in it? No, because Bane's going to be in this season of Gotham. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this, this is the final season of Gotham. Oh, God. What are they doing over there? And they said he's going to be in the suit at the end of the show. Is he going to break a 12-year-old's spine? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> oh, boy. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I just understand who your audience is. Well, I guess they're kind of counting. And th- I was just going to ask you, like, who is the audience? Because, like, like if you were to a, tell if you were to tell me they were developing this as an exclusive for the app, their streaming service, yeah, make all the sense in the world. I'd be like, okay, fine, right? Have fun, knock yourselves out. But like, you wouldn't put Star Trek on your channel. Yeah, right, right, right. And what's weird about it is, like, again, coming back to know your audience or whatever, do. <sighs> If there's something that people want to see, the audience will f- will go and find it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in theory, those people will go to CBS to watch it. But yet, the network also has like their core demographic. And who are these people that like, I only watch CBS. Like, what? <laughs> they're, they're very, very old people. They, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's all very weird to me. Very, very strange. Television's weird. It's a weird business. Yeah, it but is. that is an obscure property for a network uh, television show. Uh, you'd think they'd want something more surefire. But then again, if you couldn't sell Supergirl, like how are you going to sell yeah. Secret Six? You couldn't sell a freaking fantastic Supergirl show that was, in its first couple episodes, was everything Man of Steel wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I still feel so bad. I've, I'm totally behind on all the CW shows from last season and they're just starting up again this season they're showing now like preview shots of the crossover which is going to be titled elseworlds uh-huh um 
So yeah, can't wait to see that. Well, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah, that's a bad weird, idea. weird, Just weird. I don't, I don't know. I got nothing. Okay. All right. So uh, the last news story that I have is that it was announced earlier this week that Marvel has fired Star Wars writer. Oh, I, I was wondering if you wanted to talk about this or not. Okay, Chuck Wendig. Yeah. For quote too much vulgarity. Well, hang on. Chalk up another one for the MAGA chuds. Yeah, the MAGA chuds are are uh, winning a bit too much for my taste. But uh, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> to be fair to the to be fair to the situation, the dude is very loud and outspoken on Twitter. Okay. Now, granted, I happen to agree with the uh, the the targets of his ire. In that, I agree that He's he, sh- he should target. Yeah, and he, yes. and the, and and hey, man, showing the club. Um, but Disney has to look at it, and well, no, you know, I'm not even going to play devil's advocate. It, it is kind of stupid, but you know what? If you're going to be, if any employer would to see public comments of any kind like that, uh, yelling, screaming, swearing at anyone, yeah. You know, you're you're. It's a bad look, and even if even if you're right, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, there's a way to go about being right, right, and, a, and that's the thing. Yeah. So, and you know, we can get it back. This can go back into the James Gunn discussion and all that. But again, that was that was known stuff. Yeah, that, did, that he that he publicly did this guy like made amends become for become that all no. of a sudden when he started working for Marvel. So no, he was like that before they hired yeah. him. So you know. And I just want to point out, I mean, and keep this in the back of your mind, because this is this this is on the on the back of uh author Chelsea Kane's uh series, her vision series getting cancelled by Marvel, and that was a bit of an ugly breakup as well. That that yeah. happened a few weeks ago. Um and she's also very outspoken. Well, that's too high pro- well, high profile. It's two incidents of writers being canned from Marvel Comics for I'm gonna be frank and say less than uh, less than noble reasons. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying anything like nefarious is up over at Marvel Comics, but DC wouldn't have fired her, uh, her or him. DC probably DC wouldn't care. No. I know that yeah. because a lot of DC creators are very outspoken on Twitter, yep. and they all have jobs. Um, so it's a weird situation because I don't think this is coming from the mouse. To be honest with you, um, I think this is coming from Ike Perlmutter. And to, to some degree, the, he's the head of Marvel Comics, folks, and he is a huge Trump supporter. Yep. So, sure, sure, sure. They hire Marvel hires a lot of people that are against Trump as well. But I'm sure there's a line in the sand as to how much you can really be outspoken. And if you cross the line, there might be something in the air that just says, "Yeah, you can't be here." I don't mean to sound. I don't mean for that to sound super conspiratorial. I'm just saying that is a that it's a fact. I don't think you're sounding super conspiratorial. I think you're just saying some unfortunate common sense things. If you look at you know, look at the facts. Look at you know, it's unfortunate because this is just yet another thing that is kind of tainting comics. 
dude, we we have we have dodged any talk of Comics Gate for the most part on this show, and I want to keep it that way because it's, it's it's not worth discussing because those yeah. people are just they're they're terrible people. So, I just want to point out that it really seems to me that it all seems to come, even though the Comics Gate folks, I'll tell you, the big two are both guilty. From where I sit, it's really Marvel fans that have their ire up about all of this. Yeah. Because, Mar- I mean, they hate Squirrel Girl. Like, that's the object of their ire. Uh, uh, Miss Marvel, the Kamala Khan version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miles Morales, the the Jane Foster Thor. Yep. Marvel Comics have had, you know, these, these, these are all, like, cool properties honestly these are good stories and they're new characters and they're good and it's diversifying the lineup and they've told great stories and they've been entertaining comics and they have a very large fan base by the way yeah how do you know uh they're putting miles morales in an animated spider-man movie as the star yeah it's a these are this is all you know valid Mm -hmm. and these things have made those people very upset and it you know i don't know it's just it's weird. And, I, and I'm hoping that these, uh, those that you're referring to, are just the extremely vocal minority. I think they are. I and really the believe majority they are. of the comic fans is just gonna be like, okay, you guys go shout about that. I'm gonna be over here reading some comics. I gotta be honest. Much like the, I mean, knock on wood. <laughs> uh, much like the election of Trump. Um, I really hope and partially believe that this is like a last gasp of a dying breed of people. In Trump's case, it's the last gasp of the boomers who are scared to death of being obsolete in America, in, yeah. a, in an America that is rapidly changing demographic-wise, belief-wise. Yep. Um, and in comics case, similar, but also, um, I gotta tell you, dude, young people don't consume comics the way you and I do. No. Okay. No, they don't. So the generation that grew up in the shops that you probably want to see go under, um, and I understand you're, you know, we're going to have, the, we'll have that discussion yeah. later, but I know the shops you mean. The, the boys. Go the, under. Well, just, you know what I mean. The boy, the boys club, the misogynistic dirty den of geek you know what i'm saying yeah comic book guy shops from the simpsons that yeah condescending gatekeeping shops yep that kind of fan is is going away dude and young people you know they're you you know they're reading their squirrel girl comics and the miles morales comics and all that other stuff i talked about bookstores honest to god bookstores they're getting trade paperbacks they're consuming comics in a completely different way than we are yeah and there's more of them out there than, than we know because they aren't in those shops and they're not taking to social media to complain about perceived slights because they're too busy enjoying this stuff. Yeah. In a lot, in big numbers, by the way. And that, that does my heart warm. Does my heart well. Same. Because they're out there and they're they're fighting the, the good fight just by not, and this, by not caring. Yeah. Yeah. Read it, enjoy it. Yeah, and, read it, enjoy it, pass it on. Yeah. Read, enjoy, pass it on. That's, yeah. That's how you love comics, man. So yep. anyway, yeah, yeah, that's a bummer about that guy. But at the same time, it doesn't. It's not totally shocking to me. We feel for him, but at the same time, he kind of did it to himself in a way. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a weird. It's it's all very 
we live in weird times, man. Um, but to be honest, not to not to like belittle the situation, but like he was working on Star Wars comics. I don't care. <laughs> Dude, Star Wars comics are good. They're fine. Whatever. They don't count. <laughs> I know they do. They're, right they're now, canon. they are. I know they are. But whatever. Hey, <laughs> if it, if it wasn't for the comics, we wouldn't have had BT One and Triple Zero. Absolutely correct. No, you are absolutely correct, and I do love them so. They need their own series. Put them in a movie. They need to be in a movie. Put them in a movie. Now. Uh, Um, Okay. Hey, I get, well, there's there's other newsy stuff. Did you uh, see that uh, Watchmen TV show uh, post? The, the the first the first production still of the of the show? Yeah, I saw a guy and a, and a police officer in a yellow sock. Interesting. I know it's not a lot to go on, I but I mean it's sure. Like Alan sent it it's to us. It's something to chew like, on, man. Alan sent it to us and he's like, "Get hype." I'm like, "Get, get hype about what?" Show me something to get it's, hype about. It's mysterious, and it's new. That's fine. I have all the faith that this is going to be something really interesting and really worth exploring. But just from this one image, I'm just like, okay. I mean, they're not going to give you the blue dong in the first production still, Carl. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. They're going to make you wait for that. <laughs> the blue dong. Oh, that's great. Um, no, you got to build up to that. Yeah. You had said something, you sent us something earlier today that you kind of shocked me with. You said that the, uh, the mega SD oh, the, available oh, for the, the mega SG, the mega, mega SG. SG. Yeah. So I'm a proud owner of the, um, the super NT from this company called analog super North Tanawan. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, yeah. So analog, the analog super NT, they also make the analog NT, which is, these are, um, Super, uh, the the most accurate um, enthusiast collector consoles you can buy for Nintendo and Super Nintendo. They yeah. play original cartridges. They emulate the original hardware, um, not with software. I've, I've talked about this before. Not with software, but with the actual yeah. hardware. It, its hardware configures itself to mimic the original hardware. So your cartridges don't know that they're being emulated. They think they're actually operating on real hardware and they output to full blown HDMI with all of the graphical options you could imagine. You can stretch the screen as much as you want. You could size it perfectly all the way up to 1080p. Um, like this is, it's, it's really dude. The super NT is amazing. I love that thing. It's incredible to me. And it, it is perfect emulation on an HD screen. Love it to death. So the same company uh, is doing the uh, Mega SG, which is the Sega Genesis equivalent to the Super NT. And a little more in a way, because it also plays Sega Master System games. So which is cool. Pre-orders went up Excuse me, today uh, for $189. What surprised me is you said you were considering actually getting it. And you've I been a staunch anti-Sega person since the moment I knew you. And I still am. But maybe there's some games I missed out on, and you know, rather than hunt down a Genesis and then plug it into my television and have it look like crap, maybe this is a way for me to kind of. I, I think there are some titles you would quite enjoy. I'm sure there are. I'm I, I'm I'm positive there are. Fantasy Star, Shining Force, the X Men games. Those were pretty those good. Were pretty good. Contra um, Hard Corps has a lot of fans. Yep. Streets of Rage. Sure. Um, 
I believe there was a Punisher game that never came to Super Nintendo. Um, just stuff like that. The know? original Spider-Man Sega Genesis game. Didn't play that one. It was a lot of fun. Okay. Um, trying to think. Yeah, there's there's some good ones out there. I'm sure there are. Mortal well, Kombat, by the way, is not one of them. I want to point that out. I don't care if it has the blood. That I still say it's a superior version. <laughs> no. It's got no. the blood. <laughs> yeah, but it, it looks and sounds just... Just Still better. Awful. It's got the blood. No. Okay. We've had this discussion about Mortal no, Kombat. It's going to be a one. no for me, Doug. But anyway, uh, yeah, so that, that went up for pre-order today. In fact, the minute I got the email and clicked on the, the link, uh, yep. yeah, their, their website was down. It, <laughs> might, it might still be down. So their products That's are cool. very sought after by by game fans. So um, I'm sure this is going to find uh, find its niche Yeah, real, real quickly. So another thing um, that has been leaking out throughout the week is we're starting to see set photos from the new Spider-Man film. Yes, Far we from are home and we're getting yet another new Spider-Man suit. This one new in the sense of a color scheme that is not without precedent. Uh, no, um, no, certainly not, but not probably not something we expected to see. Okay. So maybe think, we should have uh, in hindsight. Eh. Marvel likes to, they, yeah. they they do like to tweak things. Leave well enough alone. Um, <laughs> never. Never. So think of the... Gotta sell them toys, Carl. I know, I know. So think of... It, yeah, that brings up another thing we talk about. So think of the uh, traditional Spider-Man suit. Think of the Spider-Man suit from, you know, Civil War and Homecoming and yep. Infinity War. Now just make the blue part black. That's the most obvious difference there are others as well the, uh, the, the spider gloves. on the back is white yeah see that's where they made a mistake also the gloves aren't there just the fingers are the webbed red red webbed the rest is all black his forearms are entirely black mm-hmm. yeah I'll, I'll double check double check oh, yeah. that but yeah um so it's got a little bit of uh, the 90s uh ben riley look to him just just a smidge but um you know, it's cool. It 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 looks cool in the '90s. Uh, you know, Eric Larson when he was doing Spider Man, they for whatever yeah. reason they changed it the the red uh, the blue to black. Yeah, there was no like story explanation. It was just a color just did change. It. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, it's fine. It's uh, you know, it looks fine. I I can't really crap on it. If it were me, obviously, I prefer the uh, the red and blues. I think it's a classic look, and Spider Man's design is something that is it's so perfect that. Honestly, anytime they try to change it, it just never looks as good as the real thing. Um, so, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me that they would want to reinvent it all the time. But yeah. in this instance, it's like, you know what? It's it's close enough. It The, the guts of it are the same. It's just black instead of blue. All right. Fair enough. I'll, I'll, it doesn't look bad, so I'm okay with it. You know what it's not? It's not, and, it, and this was blue. And it still looked awful. It's not the suit from the Amazing Spider-Man movie, the first one. The first one. That suit was terrible. Yeah, that was god awful. Ugh. It was really, really bad. I get why they went with a different design because they had to differentiate, differentiate yeah. themselves from the Raimi films. <laughs> but then they and, went against it in the next movie where they just said, "Oh yeah, oh, never mind. He's Spider-Man." Yeah, and it was the, <laughs> I mean, the suit in Amazing Spider-Man Two is to date the best suit yeah, that's no appeared argument. on screen. Yep. Um. This is cool. I like. I like it. Here's, it's fine. I'm fine with the appearance of it, but here's my problem, and this goes back to one of 
a couple problems I have with the whole Peter Tony dynamic. Mm. Now, because that relationship is there, like now Spidey's got to have a new suit every film, and he just <laughs> doesn't. Well, Tony, we, we don't know. Maybe Tony Tony's not long for this world, for all we know. So this, we'll, we'll see. Look, Cap's had a new suit every movie. Thor's had a new suit every movie. Spidey's gonna and, get a new suit. And every yet, movie. It's, it's and just, yet, it's just how it is, man. And yet, you flip out over the Punisher wearing jeans. Well, that's just like that's the hill that you you wage your war on. That's correct. It's like that's, these other major changes, it's, you know, it's, it's, Punisher wears jeans. No, no, can't. No, not not doing it. Just not having it. Punisher and jeans is just not allowable. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It looks cool. You know, the, the thing I don't like about the most is the white on the back and the white on the front. He's got the, those little white accents on the legs of the spider on the front, too. Yeah. Here is the only place you should put white on the Spider-Man costume. The eyes. That's it. Yep. Unless, Looking at you, video game. Unless it's the, uh, the what was it, the Future Foundation or the... Yeah, but that's a very specific yeah. instance. <laughs> well, it's a cool design. Yeah. Not exactly yeah. Spider-Man, but... So, another thing is I'm scrolling through... I think Alan should get, like, an honorary executive producer uh, sure. credit on the show. Because, sure. like, like, a lot of the new stuff he sends us actually ends up making on the show. Producer Alan. Um, we got a new... We got a full trailer for Glass. Oh, yeah. No, I, sent, I sent that in. That was me. Oh, yeah. That was Where's my producer credit? Eh, you don't get one. Oh. Well, I, I'm on the you show. You want to compare that. what you send in to what Alan sends in? <laughs> Alan does provide a lot of content. He does. Um, yeah. I'm, Thank you, Alan. I'm fascinated by this glass trailer. Yeah. I, I, it uh, I looks good. I didn't see Split. I but, didn't see uh, Split yet either. I will make a point to watch Split before seeing Glass. Unbreakable, though, you know, was it when I saw it, was a, a cool, heady movie that yeah. was a was a sneaky superhero movie before we really had those yeah and this trailer looks very neat in the yeah. light you know in light of uh now that we live in like a post marvel cinematic universe world there's this other and dc is flamed out spectacularly uh here's this other weird superhero movie that's just you know coming out of the left field and it looks really neat yeah it's uh looks looks very promising uh, we also let's see what else here. Yeah, also this week we got a, a preview of the Green Lantern one alternate cover oh, yeah, by yeah. Mr. Frank Quietly. I wish you were drawing the whole thing, but yeah, that's coming out soon. Yep. So yeah, November, November Green Lantern by Grant Morrison, uh, and not by Frank there Quietly, is but. there is a preview in the current DC books. Okay. Um, the, this current month DC books, it's yeah. I'm not crapping on the artist that does actually doing the book. By the way, I mean he's fine. Yeah, but Frank Whiteley, Frank Whiteley, Frank Whiteley. <laughs> All right, so I believe that brings us to the end of the news. Uh, probably. I can't think of anything else. Okay, well then that that's the end. All right, so as we mentioned, next week Daredevil is hitting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so we're going to have to... Reviews are good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. I don't yeah. want to set us up for to be disappointed, but the reviews are really good. Yeah. So next week, we're probably going to do um, 
a first reaction show. We're not going to have our normal Tuesday night recording. I think we're going to get together Friday night, watch the first episode, and give some gut reactions to that. Um, but before then, we, we have to wrap up Jessica Jones Season 2 in, in a more rapid way that I kind of wanted. I feel in some ways we're shortchanging the show, and I do apologize. Um, if you're a big fan of the show and was looking forward to full treatment, um, the show is first and foremost a Daredevil show. I say that and I smile because we don't. We really need to talk more about Daredevil on the show. He's here in spirit. Yeah, he's always. here in spirit. So let us get to our wrap-up of Jessica Jones Season 2. Okay. Now, you watched, you finished all the episodes. I, I, I knocked them all out. I, Which is impressive because you were much busier than I was, and I have not watched any of them. But I watched the series once prior. Okay to doing this so i'm very interested into your reactions but look look at this look, oh look, look, look. oh we've got the rustling of the papers on drew's end it's been so long it's been a while so look at that can 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 condense notes for the last four episodes wow <laughs> um i don't want to how do we got do we want to go episode by episode no let's hit the big points let's okay. hit the big story points the the resolution of of Jessica's arc with her mother, uh, Trisha's arc with Malcolm, Trisha and Malcolm's arc, and Hogarth's arc. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, there's a lot there. So let's start with, uh, I guess we'll go in, in order of, of importance to the show. <laughs> uh, Hogarth's arc. Well, that was a big waste of time. We got Turk out of it. We did get Turk out of it. <laughs> Made me smile. I I didn't feel it was a waste of time. I appreciate the fact that they did an arc that didn't necessarily have to do with the main like run of show. We've talked about how yeah. these shows could use one off episodes. Yeah, but this wasn't a one off episode. This is like a whole It was a one off arc. Over thirteen episodes. <laughs> I know. Um I mean, and, and all it did was really establish, all it did was get her to have her own company where she could employ Malcolm, who has a falling out with Jess because yeah. Jess is highly unstable. Um, that's all it really did We'd, to employ Malcolm. Eh. Uh, okay. I think, I think it did a little more for the character than that. Um, I guess so. Like, what did she really... How did she grow? She got taken for a fool by that girl, by that Inez girl, who, again, I knew where that was going, well, at least in terms of the relationship to begin with, but I did not see the swerve coming where she was actually swindling uh, Hogarth, and the healer was not actually powered at all. He was a yeah. con artist, and she was taken in by it. And uh, so apparently she still does have um, ALS, and apparently, I don't know, that that whole thing was weird, man. Yeah. <sighs> So, she's kind of, and also, I'm sorry, but, like, Hogarth is kind of a creeper. Like, in the last episode, she's, like, doing yoga with a yoga instructor, and she's, like, eyeing her up. It's like, um, okay. Sure. Have you not learned? <laughs> Hogarth? Maybe what? maybe just be, be a normal person for a while. <laughs> instead of, you know, 
whatever it is you're doing over there. Her her definition of normal is vastly different than ours. Yeah, gotta get that lawyer money. Um, also, in the last episode, um, she looks like uh, Ursa from Superman Two. I'm okay with that. She's wearing a black outfit, split image of Ursa. <laughs> I thought she was going to, at some point, be like, Superman! Superman! He's, anyway. He's a general. <laughs> um, so, the Hogarth arc, yeah, whatever. Like, she didn't really have a direct bearing on Jess's relationship um, with everyone else. Because everyone else is fairly intertwined. So, then we get into, I guess, uh, Malcolm and um, Trish. Now, Trish's arc has been not good, Right. Not and, good as far as for the character. Right, right, right. You're not saying it's the that. most. No, it's been the most compelling arc to me anyway in the show in season two. Bless you. Excuse me. So last we checked on Trish, she was making Malcolm take that inhaler, which is kind of jerky. He's, yeah. he's a you know, former addict and so is she. Yeah. But, you know. So then she runs out of the stuff and she's in withdrawal and like. You know, in withdrawal, she she bombs that 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 job interview, that, yep. that news interview, and like at the same time, she is still after she kind of dries out. She still has this massive inferiority complex next next to Jessica. Yeah, and despite her being really messed up, she knows that Jess's mom is up to no good and is bad news. And as we find out, like. Well, before we get to that, in her inferiority, she gets intertwined into Jess's story with her mother and the doctor, and, like, they're in love, and that's really weird, because, like, she's a psychopath, and the doctor is, like, in a position of power over her, but they're in love. There's all kinds of wrong... Oh, yeah, I mean, that's... That's that's so many levels of inappropriate. It's... I mean, if they were being depicted as the heroes of the show, I might be willing to go with you on that but like they're they're not trying they're not being depicted as being like normal or you know an ozzy and harriet type couple that's kind of what their world is right now and like you got you know the doctor who falls in love with their patient is not an uncommon tale and this is just you know that tale in a different stranger setting Guess so, but I mean, like all everything he did was against her will, at least in the beginning. Like she, again, it's just all very creepy and and, and weird. And uh, then they kind of they do like a sort of pseudo redemption on him, kind of like they try and say, "Oh, if you could only have worked within the establishment and not been whatever, you could yeah. do good." And but then again, they don't really steer into that because he has that whole realization when he's working on Trish that he's like kind of a monster and spoilers Trish gets yeah. kind of messed up through experimentation she or basically goes through the same experimentation that Jess and her mother yeah did. like the doc's trying to be a better person but like that temptation which when you think about it, Trish is like she tempts an addict to take a substance again then she tempts a different kind of addict to go back into what they're kind of trying to get away from. Yeah. All because she wants powers. Yeah. Because she herself is also an addict. So to, to various things. Um, so that, I mean, it's all kind of weird, but that is the most compelling. To me, still, Trisha's arc is like the most compelling in the whole show. And she does end up with powers, maybe? We get 
an inkling of it in that last scene with her. Yes, where we she do. Catches the thing with her foot. And so. um, her relationship with her mom is still, you know, what it is, and I still hate her mother badly. Yeah. Uh, it just shows you how good Rebecca De Mornay is in this. That's Rebecca De Mornay. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. Dude, you said the same thing last time. I said it was Rebecca De Mornay. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh that performance is so good you just see the mother and you're just like i, I hate her <laughs> oh how i hate her get away from her oh man all right well now i learned something again today so i guess that brings us what back to jess and yeah. her mother and you know i'm gonna, I'm just gonna put it out there i i i really did not like where all that went and i really don't like her mother yeah this is not the direction i would have went with this show the show was going strong as a noir detective story for the first few episodes and then when that mother revelation to turn into like a fantasy family drama i think is where it lost a lot of steam Uh, to be clear the family dynamic has always been there, but this thing with her mother, like, is not subtle. It's like it, it's it's at the forefront. Yeah, and you know, eh, I don't know, and I just I don't like her mother. <laughs> okay, and it and it and it, it, it it Jess is too smart to be this taken by it all. In my opinion, is she now? She's emotionally tied up in it and that can cloud your better judgment to be fair but her, she has seen what this woman is capable of she knows how deadly and dangerous she is and she also in speaking to her knows that it's not really the mother she remembers all true your points are all valid but being someone who has lost a parent and, you know, to be able to get someone back who was so pivotal to you, who you thought was dead. Yes, I... I you get them back and but it's, it's... You get them back, but especially after you learn how much hurt they've caused you. Oh, by the way, I killed your ex-fiance. Oh, by the way, I killed these other people. Oh, by the way, I'm going to, you know, assault you continuously. Like... I, I get it. You're you're not wrong, but at the same time, getting someone like that back, who you never thought you would have back, it's that's hard, man. I, I mean, I, okay, at the very least, it gets to the point where Jess is smart enough to realize what a danger she is. Yeah, it gets Jess eventually. So Jess goes and meets her, and has a gun. And she's going to kill her because she knows she has to. And Trish even says, I should go because you won't do it because I, I can take the shot and you can't. Yeah. Proves to be right. So even after Jess hesitates, which, by the way, she shouldn't have hesitated. Don't have a conversation with her. Just shoot her. It's, it's, like, it's, it's, yeah. like, it's like Austin Powers. What, are you feeding him? <laughs> Just shoot him. <laughs> I got him. a gun in my <laughs> room. <Right. laughs> um, Scott, you just don't get it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so she has a little power with her, hesitates, and then gets kidnapped by her. 
Like the first thing she should do when she wakes up is realize how stupid she was and kill her. But she doesn't. She keep she doubles down in helping her at that point. She she commits yeah. she commits to the escape. Of, we're gonna run off together at that point. Really? Uh all right, all right. And then we get the pseudo redemption arc with the mother, where like they save that family. It's like mom's maybe maybe mom's not that bad. But then mom has the after after everything that she's done and tried to escape and she's with her daughter. Then she has the moment of clarity where she's probably going to off herself. At least that's, that's the implication, right? She was going to kill herself to I save, so, to spare yeah. Jess. But then Trish spares us all of that and does the only sensible thing in the whole season and shoots her mother <laughs> in the head. Not Rebecca DeMornay. Yeah. Jess's mother. Yeah. Not Aunt Jackie. <laughs> yeah, not Aunt Jackie. That's correct. And then that obviously severs or severely complicates the relationship with um, yeah. Jess and Trish. <sighs> There's a lot there. There's yeah. a lot there. Malcolm goes to work for Chang. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't blame him. No, Jess has basically... Here's the thing. She was so... And she even says it kind of in the show. Like, she got so blinded by the family she never or that she lost that she threw away the family that she had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. That's stupid. Yep. You you done goofed. I think I think where the season ends is in a good place. It makes me really interested to see what they would do with the season 3. Um how does Jess go about mending those fences? Does sure, she want sure, to mend sure. the fences? Things like that. But obviously the the path there could have been a little better. Like I really I really felt they just kinda kept it a like kinda again, that noir detective story. Yeah. Um Yeah. I think overall it was a the season was good, wasn't great. Um, I think more good episodes than bad episodes. Yeah, I mean it's that, that's fair. Again, the, the 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 Trish story was the one I was mainly invested in because I yeah. just thought that was actually handled really well. Um, but this the thing with Jess and her mom, I just, I just it, you know, it got it got annoying because it just defied it defied a lot of sense in my opinion. It went on. I don't know. It's just not the direction I would have gone. And that the, oh, then the prison stuff. Of course, there's a nasty corrupt jerk guard because this is a tv show and we have to have that yeah that was something that could have been done with and then by the way jess kills the guy and has to clean it up (laughs) just killed the guy with the trident and then we do get a you know we get a little killgrave guest appearance out of it but yeah you know in her jessica's in her head anyway she which is which is welcomed sure but it's like at that point jess you kill a guy (laughs) you're covering up a murder you committed maybe this is not the best person to be you know hanging your hat you know or hitching your wagon to so to speak yeah so you know strikes and gutters ups and downs (laughs) has jess ever been one to learn lessons no no easily and you know if at all as much as like you know we had that we had the heel turn now and then then the face turn of of um the landlord yeah who jess seems to be with now um i like his character it's all well and good just seems like a good dude that's fine you know who he's not, though? Luke Cage. I know. <laughs> I don't think we're going to see that. I know. Anytime soon. And 
Um, I'm okay with it. I guess so. I guess. Who knows? I mean, who knows? It, it's you know, it's a thing. I mean, clearly Claire's out of the picture. Yeah, in more ways than one because we haven't heard anything about I Rosario Dawson. I think she's gone. I haven't heard anything about her in season three of Daredevil. Um, Seems like a big. I mean, she had a good run. She had a good run. She was she was the connective thread. It looks like that role might be shifting to Misty now. Okay. Which, sure. Sure. Okay. Fine. Um, so, yeah. That is Jessica Jones Season 2. If you had to grade it. Mm. C plus. If, if, you know. B, uh, B, B minus. B minus. If, if Daredevil's the apex and Iron Fist is the valley, where where is Jessica? Somewhere in the middle. Below, okay. Luke, below Luke Cage. To me. Yeah. I put it above Iron Fist and Defenders. I think that's fair. I think that's I think that's fair. Probably I'd probably put it on par with Luke Cage. Oh, I like Luke Cage. I I think Luke You know what I like a lot about Luke Cage? Even if the episodes aren't necessarily all great, they're generally pretty good and they really have a Luke Luke Cage has a unique tone. That show has a style and a tone of its own. Yeah. It is very, I mean, you know, the way they do musical stuff in it and, and just yeah. uh, its its look and feel. Luke Cage is very distinct, and I appreciate that about it. Even if it doesn't nail everything all the time, it still is Luke Cage. Yeah. Jessica Jones is a, is, is a show. Does that make sense? I think it's... It's tough to kind of convey that with Jessica because she she's not a traditional superhero. Her I, powers don't get put on display. Oh, I'm just talking very much as a show, like as a, as a yeah, like like Breaking Bad has a, a a feel, and similarly, Better Call Saul has a feel. Um, Luke Cage has a feel. It doesn't feel like just a show. It's yeah. it's got a it's it's Luke Cage. I know it when I see it. I know it when I hear it. And I know it when it's on. It just it just has a vibe. Yeah, Jessica Jones to me is just a show. Okay, I can get that. All right, uh, folks, that about does it for this week. Next week, we're back to our Daredevil roots. Can't wait! Excited, very so excited. All right, folks, if you would like to communicate with the show, send us any comments or questions to be read on the show, you can do so at the following locations. You can follow us on Devil's Due, at Devil's Due Pod on Twitter. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. Toss our page a like. You can email us at the Devil's Due Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Due Podcast.com. Drew, any closing thoughts? Let us get to the Daredevil, sir. Yes. I'm ready. Yes. I am quite ready. It's been a while. Yes. And uh, I like what I've seen so far. So yes. let us do this thing. He's in the white suit. <laughs> Bullseye, sir. Bullseye. He's in the white suit. He's got a closet full of them. Yeah. I hope to reach the point in my life where I have a closet of one wardrobe. <laughs> one for so, every So in other words, you want to be shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Is that what you're, you're telling me? 
Um, or Fred Flintstone. Or in this case, Wilson the Kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> or Batman. Or Batman. Closet full of bat suits. All the same. Yeah. Alrighty, folks. Thanks for joining us. Court. Yeah.